Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. KFI, AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Bill Handel here in the morning crew. Cold Thursday morning, February uh, 16th. And uh, coming up at 9 o'clock when Gary and Shannon come aboard, I'm going to be taking phone calls uh, off the air for handle on the law. Some of the stories we're covering uh, that are trending. Actress uh, Raquel Welch died uh, yesterday. She was 82. And we uh, did uh, that story uh, this uh, morning. And uh, it was a 720. And you can listen to that on demand if you want. Just go to the iHeartRadio app. And uh, the president is having his physical exam, uh, his annual physical exam at uh, Bethesda, where he normally goes. And the doctor is going to come out and uh, they are going to tell us that everything is fine. They did think it was strange that he kept on saying, please do that again. But he was under anesthesia at the time. So, hey, you know, you have to give him a break on that one. Yeah, I guess so. He was just coming out of anesthesia. <laughs> there you go. Jason, good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Bill. Jason Middleton, our business guy, also an anchor. He'll be here most of the day, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, the business uh, show, Sundays, 2 to 3 p.m. Jason, all right, we have a lot to cover. Okay. Uh, Let's start with uh, what affects every single one of us, which we think about all the time, inflation, and what's the update? Okay, the update is inflation is still here. It's not as... It's not as... Mm, deflationary as we were thinking it was going to be. What I mean is it's not slowing down as much as we thought it was going to be. Now it is slowing down. The Fed is pumping the brakes with the Fed rate hikes and everything. That seems to be working. Um, but we saw some other evidence that it's it's not because wholesale prices are up 0.7% more than we anticipated. That's a thing. Uh, housing demand is also down because the interest rates yeah. are up and otherwise too. Yeah, so let, all this is kind of playing together. All right. So let me uh, ask this because I'm particularly interested in housing costs uh-huh. uh, because of the, my background in building, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that is a couple things are going on. The reason, one of the reasons housing prices are so extraordinarily high is uh, lack of supply. Yes. We just don't have supply. California, Southern California, LA, less so Orange County, but particularly LA make it uh, almost impossible. You apply for a permit and they go, you know what? We really don't want you to build here, even though we want the tax base. So instead of building, just write us a check. Okay. And that's the way it works. So with, uh, you're, hey, you you haven't built here. Let no, me, no, I haven't. Yeah, let me tell you how how Nobody's great it, building here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, uh, that would increase demand uh, ridiculously because there just yeah. isn't anything to buy. But at the same time, mortgage rates are high, so uh, that decreases demand. Where is the formula in terms of how does it equate? Is there still more? Is it less? Uh, is uh, the 
are houses are there more houses for sale out there? No, see that's the thing. So demand it might be down as far as applications for mortgages, but so is housing starts. We have not seen uh, as few housing starts nationally speaking since the pandemic, since June of 2020. It's that low right now. So we're not adding to the supply side. The demand side seems to be slowing a little bit too, which is going to work out as far as inflation goes, but still it's if it's not a crisis, it's definitely something close to a crisis because unless you already own a house, of course. I mean, that's this look, house ownership has just the average age of a first house uh, owner has gone from about 29, uh, 35 years ago. It was average age of 29 for first house. It's now up into the mid 30s. And so that's just keeps getting farther and farther out. That's the easiest way or was the easiest way for people to build family wealth was to buy the first house and get that equity and start building that slow and steady wins that race. Right now, people can't get into the market. Well, I mean, it, it, there's there's not enough houses there. For no, sure. Again, I mean, today, uh, even to buy a half million dollar house, which is way below the median yes. uh, in L.A. County, Orange County being even higher. Mm -hmm. So let's say it's seven hundred thousand dollars, which buys you a pretty nice house. Sure. You need one hundred and forty thousand dollars down. You write a check for one hundred and forty thousand dollars and then pick up a mortgage right. at seven percent. How many people have $140,000 in the bank? Not uh, not terribly enough. We don't have our savings rate is way lower than our spending rate is. And uh, and part of the inflationary problem is too. Is, look, inflation in a large in a large swath is uh, too much money, too few goods, right? So we're still building out of that situation. And a story that literally broke just a few seconds ago, Jen, about uh, Donald Trump and the Georgia grand jury. Yeah, so some of the grand jury report has been released this morning, and apparently the grand jury is urging the district attorney to go after perjury charges against some witnesses. And some of the witnesses that are on this list released earlier this week by the New York Times included Rudy Giuliani and David Schaefer, the head of the Georgia Republican Party. All right. And how about uh, former President Trump? Is he on that list at all? I do not see his name, at least on there right now. But you would think that possibly because he's the one that they're investigating. Yeah. He uh, might be a witness. Well, perjury. I mean, was he in a deposition uh, in that? I don't know if he was for I would, that one. I don't believe that would so. be the only that would be the only thing that he would be nailed for because perjury is under the penalty of perjury. And he took the fifth about 400 times. Yeah. 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 That, and that is not perjury. That's taking the fifth. Right, so right. Giuliani. Well, that's a given. You know, ever since that uh, dye ran down his face, that oh, hair dye, you knew that he was in trouble. Mm. Okay, back we go. Jason Middleton, who's heard uh, 2 to 3 p.m. on Sundays uh, with the business show and, of course, uh, an anchor here. You'll be hearing him most of the day. Amazon. Uh, people don't realize how much it costs to sell on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, my best friend, Savile, we sell cookware. And we used to sell on Amazon, but they took like 35%. You got off easy. Of the sales. Yeah. 35% people would line up for right now. Right. Because what's going on? Well, it's, they, it's reporting that they take about 50% of every conversion slash sale uh, if you sell off of their platform. Now, granted, you are paying for certain things, you know, logistics and delivery services and things like that. You might be able to get it cheaper somewhere else, but then you won't be able to get the whole package, the whole umbrella of goods. And I'm seeing some reports of 52, 53% cuts going to Amazon on some things too. So you're right. Uh, it is hard to do uh, to make the money on it. The one thing that seems to be helping a little bit is that they're adding advertising to the site, making it a little bit easier for you to advertise your goods when it comes to results under search results and whatnot. But at the same time, that kind of like devalues things because it's easier to get the ads. And so they're everywhere. 
so they, you know, it's signal to noise is not very good for your money right there. But where else are you going to go? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, you talk about a monopoly uh, because Amazon has become a verb. Yes, it like is Google. It is. Uh, yeah, you exactly like Google or Kleenex mm -hmm. or Xerox right, right. where or Band-Aid. I mean, it's no longer a name brand. It is uh, beyond that. It is the term for the entire sector. Right. And uh, it's uh, it was because, uh, uh, you know, my friend Savile was selling on Amazon for years, uh, gets together with other people in the industry and they talk. And uh, and the general consensus is the only people that make money on Amazon is Amazon. Sure. You can kiss the rest of it goodbye. Yeah, I mean, your, your margins are shrinking and shrinking. You have inflationary problems going up, too. You have people uh, not shopping online as much because the uh, COVID situation is is relaxing, if not over. So people are going out and buying more stuff. So the, the, the traffic is down a little bit. Amazon yeah. revenues are down a little bit. They're going to have to find that bottom line somewhere, uh, that margin. It, it has been a while since uh, we have realized and talked about the fact that Amazon no longer has the best deals out there. No. You have to search where it was a given if you went to Amazon originally. Right. You know, in early days, you got the biggest bargain in the world. Well, you did for sure, uh, but then you saw, okay, but if, if you look at it from the merchant side too, the cost of being on the Amazon platform have gone up for the past six years. So we're up to, say, 50% ballpark. It could be 52, 48. But around 50%, that's that's an increase over six years. That includes the COVID years when your volume was probably up because people were shopping more online at the time. Now those volumes are going back down again, so your margins are shrinking too. Are you getting as much bang for your buck is what you have to ask yourself. But at the same time, where else are you going to find the contracts uh, that you might have to sign for delivery purposes. Maybe you could get it a little bit cheaper someplace else uh, with a more direct uh, to the door kind of situation, but you're going to have to enter longer term contracts for those things. And Amazon is is ease of use, right? Low barrier to entry. All right. The streaming bubble. I've been reading about uh, the layoffs that are going crazy, particularly Netflix have laid off, has laid off. Hulu yeah. has laid off. And uh, this increasing, ever increasing bubble it looks like it's popped. Let's talk about that. Well, it looks like, okay, I, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Hulu there because it kind of falls into Disney uh, as thinking about that as well as part of its reorganization under Bob Iger. Uh, Hugh, you and Wayne were talking earlier about uh, linear television and you watch the Super Bowl on YouTube TV. I have YouTube TV as well. That does count as linear, right? So DVR also counts as, as linear. As far as the streaming bubble goes, look, this is the way the market is supposed to work. You had a lot of people come in, a lot of competitors, your Paramount Plus and your, your Disney Pluses and everything else, and Hulu, of course, which is the island of misfit content as far as I'm concerned. We'll see if they spin it out. But when you have this, this is the way it's supposed to go. That's capitalism, right? So it, the, the competitors are, are coming at you pretty hard. They want your attention. Paramount Plus just announced this morning that its revenue was down 7% also announced it's going to up its uh, monthly subscription rate by $2 as well. So they were fighting for the dollars. This is going to, we're going to see this time next year, we're going to have about a third less streaming options, I think. We're going to see some collapse in the market. You know, when we were talking about this uh, and, you know, looking at what the topics we're going to talk about, I sort of did a an analysis of the streaming services that I subscribe to. Mm -hmm. Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, yeah. Paramount Plus, yeah. Disney Plus. Yes. Uh, and a couple of others. That and there's add-ons you can get. Yeah, you that's true. And, I, and, and I have forgotten uh, a lot of, uh, of what I actually have. So I pay, um, I basically pay the equivalent of a mortgage payment <laughs> for uh, 
my platform. And the only one that I think, uh, the two that are worth it to me, yeah, uh, Netflix yeah. and Amazon, Amazon Prime. Yes. Because that, that is still even at 20 bucks a month, and it's not 20 bucks a month. Actually, it is now, isn't it? Yes, 1990, it now 20 bucks a month. That's still a bargain if you buy anything on Amazon and get it delivered. Yeah. For free. Well, and then, you get all the content. Okay, fine. But your Amazon Prime membership went up 20 bucks as well. So you got to you got to factor that into your monthly you're paying for the video as well on top of everything. And then also, if you think about Amazon as the platform, as we just were, uh, you can get others like you can get PBS off of Amazon. PBS doesn't get the credit for that necessarily. It's just an exposure to audience kind of situation. So if you're if you're chasing content like I don't have Showtime anymore because I watched billions and then I didn't didn't care for it anymore after two seasons. So I dropped Showtime. Well, Showtime's going to be bundled together with Paramount Plus later on this year. So then what am I going to do? And is that going to justify yeah. up in that in that subscription? You know, I was rewatching billions uh, a couple of nights ago and I tried to get back on and I forgot what platform it's on. And I've been looking for it, and uh, some of the platforms are uh, continue watching, right? Which yeah. and others you don't have, right? And yeah. and others uh, give you you want to go back to previous episodes, others don't, right? And they make it impossible to look at what you were watching. It drives you completely crazy. I think you mentioned Amazon and Netflix for for a really good reason. That's the depth of the libraries they have, the access to the content that they already have, not just their original content, which is pretty solid. But access to others, too. And so those do kind of we forgot to mention Tubi, which is owned by Fox. Uh, my daughter loves Tubi because she can watch Rockford Files, where she used to be able to until last month. And then it moved over to uh, something else that I forgot. Oh, Roku. I watch it uh, on Roku. Yeah, it went on Roku. Yeah. Yep. I'll now, I use a Roku uh, machine, you know, the little uh, Roku. I go yeah. through Roku, but that, Roku, but that doesn't mean I'm on Roku, does it? Yeah. You oh, if I if channel. I actually I go through the Roku channel, but then that's normal TV. You you you, you pay for the where well, you have commercials on that, right? It's called Fast, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But what, they're, wait, they're why fast. would you Why would you pay to watch commercials? No, that it's I free. don't get. It's free to watch yeah, commercials. Free, free advertise. Uh, so, I forget what Fast asked for. Oh man, I should have had more tea. Yeah. So you can if you watch Rockford. Yeah. Yes, there will be a commercial, but it'll be like one VTAMA commercial. That is the only commercial apparently that plays on the Rockford Files. Yeah. And the only thing I the the only place I will watch commercials are uh, the nightly news, et cetera, because I go through the commercials. Yeah, right. so I don't watch the commercials to watch the commercials. Right, right. Can't do that on those other platforms. And sports, you'll watch advertising on sports because that's appointment viewing, right? You news and sports. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah appointment. I don't, I don't watch sports. I watch the Super Bowl. All right, we're done, guys. Uh, Jason. Uh, this Sunday, 2 to 3 p.m. Business time with me at 2 o'clock. You got it. You, and then the rest of the day, you're the anchor. Let's uh, go ahead and go forward with Musings with Mo Kelly. And Mo is heard every night, 7 to 10 p.m. right here on KFI. And he is at Mr. Mo Kelly is his uh, social. Uh, Mo, good morning. Good morning, my friend. Okay. Uh, yeah. And by the way, I think you actually mean it when you say my friend. Because when I say my friend, I don't mean it with anybody. I actually do mean it. I know it's I scary. Consider you a friend? I know, scary. Should scary. I not consider you a friend? Well, I, you, you know, you can consider me a friend because that's the, that's the best I can do. Bill, you were at my wedding. Uh, that's true, but I came for the food. <laughs> it was spectacular. <laughs> I mean, the food was one some of the best food at a wedding I've ever had in my life. All right, now a story that just broke that I know you're going to be talking about tonight, and that is uh, the Georgia grand jury 
investigating the 2020 election, and a couple things just happened. They are recommending that the DA uh, go and uh, charge uh, certain uh, witnesses that were in front of them, we don't know who, uh, that for perjury. In other words, they just lied in front of the grand jury, at least that's the grand jury is saying, and uh, the investigation was into the election. The allegation of fraud that uh, the election was stolen, they investigated it, and they said there was no evidence of fraud, which 63 judges said the same thing over the course of uh, the fiasco of uh, trying to deny the election, as well as countless, matter of fact, 50 uh, election boards uh, said uh, no, no fraud. So your take on this, and I know this just came down the pike, so you're going to be diving into it a little bit deeper tonight. What I find most interesting is that when the grand jury thinks that someone committed perjury, they're saying it because, or in part because, they were able to ask the witnesses questions. When you're, I've served on a federal grand jury, and I know the state grand jury laws in, in Georgia are somewhat different, but I do know that they can question the witnesses. So they asked questions and didn't receive the answers, or they received contradictory answers from other witnesses or other established evidence. And in also Georgia, they cannot uh, uh, offer a true bill for that indictment. You understand it has to come from the um, uh, the state prosecutor who is investigating. They can only recommend charges, which is different from federal and also California. But what I found most interesting was they're calling him a liar because they asked questions of these various witnesses. And obviously they can't publish the names. Yeah, it, here's um, uh, my take on this, uh, and uh, uh, you can comment or not comment or say handle your out of your mind, and now I'm going to speculate, uh, and uh, that's it's pure supposition on my part, and I'm going to take a page from what happened in front of all the judges when the allegation of fraud took place uh, uh, as a result of the election to try to overturn it. We know Giuliani testified in front of uh, the grand jury. And I'm going to just use him as an example. I have no idea if he is uh, one of the witnesses that's being nailed for uh, perjury. But uh, what happened was he got disbarred or he was suspended for a month and got nailed because he actually went in front of judges and said, I have proof that the election was stolen. And a judge said, that's fine. Show me the proof. And this actually happened. I, I have it in my hotel room. That's where the proof is. That's fine, Mr. Giuliani. Go to your hotel room uh, and uh, bring it back. I couldn't find it. I know I have it, but I couldn't find it. Uh, now, saying I have proof or contradicting some other witness when none of that exists, uh, I think clearly that that is open for perjury. I'm surprised that he wasn't nailed for perjury in front of judges. Uh, so you've sat on these. What do you think actually happened? I honestly believe that they... Let's say in your hypothetical of Rudy Giuliani, they asked him questions, he gave answers, and when you're on an investigative grand jury, you're with the same group of people over weeks and months, and you can request other witnesses, you can question the witnesses, you can request other documentary evidence and bring that into your deliberations. So if they listened to Rudy Giuliani or any other uh, witness and it didn't jibe with what they already saw, what they already knew, they can ask for that evidence and compare the two uh, testimonies or, or documentary evidence and come to a, a reasonable conclusion that that witness, in the case of this hypothetical, is Rudy Giuliani, was not truthful under the law. They are sworn in as a witness. Yeah, so no they are under oath. Now, it's important to note that I don't think uh, President uh, Trump uh, testified in front of the grand jury. Uh, so uh, he clearly is not going to be held accountable for perjury. 
And as a matter of fact, I think the one time where I, I think he testified under oath uh, in a deposition uh, where he took the uh, Fifth Amendment 400 times. Uh, and uh, so you're not going to see uh, perjury at all against uh, former President Trump. You might see obstruction. You might see interference with a, a governmental process. Uh, there's a few things you might see, but I don't think you're going to see that. This is a fun one, Mo. Uh, Winnie the Pooh goes completely psycho. Winnie the Pooh, a serial killer. And of course, the first question is, wait a minute. Disney owns Winnie the Pooh. How did this happen? Well, it went into public domain as of January 1st. 2022 and this is the most brilliant idea i've heard of possibly in my life no exaggeration no hyperbole because there was a plan put in place to sweep up these uh rights and and use them for a film which was made for less than one hundred thousand dollars less than a hundred thousand dollars it's already grossed more than a million dollars in mexico and it hasn't been released yet in the united states it'll be released on Friday, it'll be released in the United Kingdom on March 10th. It's going to make millions and millions of dollars. It almost reminds me of the Blair Witch Project, uh, which costs virtually nothing. But the difference is uh, that was an outlier. This was planned, correct? Yes. This was this planned. Yeah. So uh, uh, this one's even more impressive. So uh, I don't know. Have you? Is, is there a trailer out there? Have you seen Oh, there's part? a trailer out there. No, it's a trailer out there. And you got to remember, it was made for less than $100,000. It is a... a stereotypical quintessential slasher film it follows Pooh and piglet you forgot piglet piglet is out there killing folks too they become feral and bloodthirsty and they embark on this murderous rampage and they're terrorizing a group of young university women and an adult christopher robin has returned to the hundred acre wood five years later after leaving college and the backstory is that Pooh and Piglet are mad at Christopher Robin for leaving them, deserting them, and so they go insane and they take it out on society. I think that's terrific. I really do. I love that idea. Now, uh, we, we talk about public domain, which is one of the reasons why all the classical music uh, pieces, you know, Beethoven, uh, Schubert, uh, you know, Mozart, anybody can do those because they're public domain, obviously. Nobody owns them. How is it possible that Winnie the Pooh, uh, what, did, did Disney just miss it? Uh, or is just the timeline uh, uh, just reached the point where uh, there's nothing more they can do? 95 years, it expired and it went back into public domain. And they were right, the people involved were just right there with the plan to scoop it up and get the, the film rights to Winnie the Pooh, and this is what they did, and now there has already been a sequel greenlit for this. This is going to make probably, I want, I'm guessing here, but I think between like five and 10 million in the United States. It's gonna be in more than 1,500 theaters, so we can do that here in the United States. And the, the buzz on this movie is ridiculously good. Now, I've seen, I have one friend who's seen it, and he said it's bad in the cinematic sense. It's so bad that it's actually good in that you are, laughing at it but at the same time appreciating its its value for being made for less than a hundred thousand dollars so how does uh, disney react to this because clearly the story is not only winnie the pooh becomes a serial killer and the story is the public domain aspect of it but part and parcel of this is disney because winnie the pooh is so connected to disney what yeah. does disney do about this do they issue Did press releases do they uh, come out with commercials saying this isn't us or we have no connection to this 
they have not said anything publicly in my research. I haven't said anything. They're not acknowledging it on any level. Now, if I were Disney, and I'm not, but if I were Disney, I would buy it up in a heartbeat. I'd give them 30, 40 million, whatever, to buy it back and have them go away. Make them an offer they can't refuse. Uh, but that doesn't stop anybody else from doing the slasher movies. Well, it depends if they sell over the rights to them. Oh, well, I okay. You, so you're saying uh, the, uh, it went public domain and then they picked up the rights because it was yeah. just wide open. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like uh, people who uh, own uh, website names or people that own. Uh, I had one uh, that, uh, well, it was taken from me and I had to buy it back. Uh, one of uh, my names uh, that I used uh, on the website. So, yeah, it, it, things can slip. Well, you wouldn't think that Winnie the Pooh it would happen to Winnie the Pooh. Go figure. All right. Uh, what else? Do we have time for this? Uh, yeah, let's just do uh, just one real quick one. And we only have a, a couple of minutes. And okay. that's uh, Nikki Haley and her announcement. What, what's your take on that uh, for president, especially now she's fighting Trump? I would say not everyone is running for president. Just because you announce a candidacy doesn't mean that you really have your eyes set on the Oval Office. Sometimes you're running for a, a larger platform. Sometimes you're running to be considered as a VP okay. candidate. You know, so I would say that she's running to enlarge her profile. She's arguably not even the most popular would-be presidential candidate from her own state because Tim Scott is getting ready to get in as well. Right, and she's, uh, what, 1%, but then she hasn't started. I mean, Donald Trump is at, uh, what, 40%, and then you have Tim Scott, you have DeSantis in the 30s. So, yeah, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, all right, Mo, uh, tonight, 7 to 10 p.m., lots going on at Mr. Mo Kelly is uh his social address mo you have a good one we'll catch you tonight talk soon all right so so much going on for sure quick word about uh the phone calls that i'm about to take uh since it is thursday i am taking phone calls off the air for handle on the law where i'm going to give you marginal legal advice the number is 877-520-1150 877-520-1150. As I said, off the air, you can still listen to uh, Gary and Shannon uh, right here on KFI. And uh, you'll just do it on the phone, and I'll get through as many of these phone calls as I possibly can. In the meantime, uh, coming up, Gary and Shannon, 877-520-1150 for Handle on the Law. All right. Take care, everybody. Catch you tomorrow morning. This is KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.